In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you're invited to be seated. And the people said to Moses, pray to the Lord to take away these serpents from us. Moses prayed. The Lord said to Moses, make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole. And our reading from the gospel according to John, Jesus said, just as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. I knew exactly what I would do in the case where I am alone in the old west high desert and I get bitten by a rattlesnake. (laughs) I would quickly pull out my bowie knife, cut off my shirt sleeve, make a tourniquet so that I could keep the poison from going up my leg, I would make a surgical insertion right above the spot where I was bitten, and I would proceed then to suck the poison out of my vein, thus saving my own life. Well, that was the imagination of a suburban kid who had watched too much gun smoke. I had planned it all out what I would do in the very low likely case that I was ever bitten by a snake that was poisonous in my little suburban neighborhood. Snakes, however, have a mythical power. They are unseen and potentially dangerous when you stumble upon one. Only experts seem to know the difference between the poisonous ones and the ones that are helpful to humans. Regardless, they seem to hold a potential, or at least we carry a fear that they strike into us, that they'll do it when we least expect it. And their bite, for us, it seems, is always potentially lethal. Snake bite stories are common in the lexicon of myths. You probably know about Patrick, who led all of the snakes out of Ireland. You may even know about the caduceus, or the pole that you might see outside of a doctor's office that has two snakes that are intertwined, saying that this is a medical facility. That actually comes from the Greek God Hermes, who used his staff to break up a fight between two snakes, and they became entangled, and forever it became his symbol of that god. Or in the Middle East, in the Phoenician world, the god of healing was Asclepius. And you may know Asclepius's symbol is the single serpent wrapped around a staff, The snake was a symbol of returning to the newness of life each year as it shed its skin. It was, in a way, a word or a myth about healing. The Hebrew people had a story 
of the reality of the terrifying snakes and its connection to healing as found in our Old Testament reading that Angela read. It is one of the strangest, wildest wilderness stories you will ever hear. The, com the people complain about God. God punishes them by sending a plague of poisonous serpents. The people repent. They ask Moses to see if God will take them away. But then the mythic story takes this wonderful, terrible, strange turn. Instead of driving away the snakes like St. Patrick, Moses is told to make an image of a snake and put it up on a pole, a kind of an idol, if you will. When the people get bit, they were supposed to make their way to the mobile tabernacle where Moses set up this serpent on a pole. They would come and look at it, and if they looked upon the image, they would not die. Basically, God says, I will not take the serpents away from you. This is your wilderness time. Instead, I will give you a way to be healed even in the midst of the serpents that lurk around you. This kind of story doesn't fit real well into our thoughts about God. Isn't God supposed to be the one who supplies manna or a gives them water from a rock? Isn't God the one that gives them the way of escape through the Red Sea splitting? Well, yes, those are a part of the story. There are times when it seems God makes a way where there is no perceivable way. But there are times when there are unseen serpents around and we get snake bit by them. I think it's a real-life parable. It's a, it's a myth that we sure can understand. For us, it straight out says, in your life, in your work, in your relationships, you are going to get snake bit at some point in the journey of your life. Basically, you can pray all you want, but God doesn't take serpents out of our life. You are going to get snake bit at some point. And the truth is, is that there's not a lot you can do about it. But then the question of faith is raised. What are you going to do when you are snake bit in life? Life truly does offer a lot of places that God doesn't open the waters before us and let us walk through on dry land. Sometimes we get tripped up. We get blindsided by something unexpected. We get snake bit. 
This pandemic certainly has hit us unexpectedly. But we are asked to be faithful in the midst of what we are doing in the midst of it. Even now, you see, as we reopen our doors, I'm behind a plexiglass to keep my preaching spit from hitting all of you because it carries a virus. We have pews that are roped off to keep us from breathing on one another. We are wearing masks to keep us safe. It's as if we are saying, what are we going to do when we are snake bit in life in a church, in our world? It goes beyond a pandemic. It touches our relationships in life. People are unpredictable. We don't know what they will do, and sometimes we don't even know what we will do. It causes confusion and strife. Jobs and careers often go askew from our best plans. Sometimes we are left with a pink slip in our hand, and we're blindsided by it. Sometimes the doctor says, I'm sorry. Other times our dreams are shattered. There are so many places where our life can be bitten, can strike us when we're not expecting us, and we can only say, God, why didn't you stop it? But for some reason, God doesn't. And that's where trust in action becomes a response of faith. It's what Jesus says to the religious leaders of his day. Our reading from our gospel picks up when Jesus says, in maybe the best known passage, just as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus used the story from the Old Testament, that strangest story about serpents and a bronze serpent on a pole. And he makes the analogy that he too must be lifted up on a cross so that all who follow him will look to him for the healing when the world bites us and we can't do anything about it. The Son of Man is lifted up on the cross to bring healing into our life when we cannot avoid it. When we can't see any possible way out, God helps us go through us, through it, because of the presence of Christ who came to this world to be with us. And as he ascended, is seated at the right hand of the Father, he comes to us in his living spirit. Lifting up Christ is that image of healing for us who cannot avoid the pains of life but must turn to Christ 
that he will walk with us even in the midst of our pain. That's what precedes that beautiful verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You see, believing on him is being able to turn to him when the world bites us. When we're not able to avoid the pains of life, but we grasp the gift of grace and forgiveness, healing power and strength as we journey in the wilderness of this life. That's the power of Christ working in us through the wildernesses, through the pain and through the challenges of this life. The power of God's grace sustains us all the way I love how John puts it, to eternal life, to life that is endlessly joyful because it knows Christ is with us. The healing power of God in all the circumstances of life are given to us when we turn to Christ and we find Jesus to be the healing power we need. When life comes in, and snake bites us. Amen.